Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at woodhousebuickgmc.com. We are professional grade. This is how it's always been I'm on the outside looking in Welcome to Double Love, the podcast in which we explore the strange and terrifying world of Sweet Valley High, book by book. I'm Anna Carey. I'm Karen Moynihan. And we have reached a very special day. It's, it's a book that a lot of you, including us, have been waiting for for the four years we've been doing this podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> Is it four years or three? Oh, three. It's three. 2017, I think we started. It was. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it feels like four this year because, you know, 2020. Because <laughs> what even is time anyway? <laughs> exactly. It is book number 62. And it is <laughs> Who's Who? Oh my God. It's incredible. <laughs> it, yeah, it really is. Because it does not disappoint. It really doesn't. Like, this is up there. Stone Cold Classic. Like, oh my God. It's so good. <laughs> absolutely is up there. And I I mean, there's so much good stuff about it. The taglines and blurbs are great. The cover, magnificent. <laughs> it's everything about this. It's tens across the board, basically. It like, there is, I, I can't even, is. yeah. <laughs> So, will we get started with some taglines and blurbs then? I uh, think we should. <laughs> the cover tagline is, Will the real Jessica please stand up? Oh my God. <laughs> uh, can you give us the back line? Oh, it's so good. Uh, I think it is the best back line ever. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Heads and shoulders above the rest. Um, okay. And it is simply two words that say so much. <laughs> Scheming again. <laughs> it could have Which, been, it, like, could have this could be on any book. book. Yeah. Literally any book with Jessica in it. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> good. <laughs> oh my God. And the blurb, oh, it's it's a doozy. And a classic. Oh God, so I need to pull myself together. By the way, <laughs> I didn't say which book it was. Did we? No, it's number 62. Yes. So yeah. bear in mind that sometimes you might think, do you know what? They were going through that random phase of just tennis girl days. You might think they peaked. But then I think we'll, we've, we can all agree that recently we had that fatal night. And now we have this, that they were. There's some, there's, there's some good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here's the blurb. Jessica Wakefield has a fantastic idea. She's bored with all the guys at Sweet Valley High, so a computer dating service seems like the perfect way to spice up her love life, especially when she invents two sparkling personalities to help her out. 
struggling. She is deranged. It's oh god. <laughs> she hits new heights of derangement in this book. She really does. Jessica becomes sophisticated Daniela Fromage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what else says sophistication? Like, cheese. <laughs> nothing. Nothing at all. Daniela Fromage is the most sophisticated name you could possibly think of. And nothing says cool like her other alter ego because Jessica becomes sophisticated to Daniela Fromage and also Magenta Galaxy, a wild rocker with a passion for anything hot. Oh my God. The two guys she gets, uh, the two guys she gets set up with, seem to be exactly what she wanted. With the reluctant help of her twin sister Elizabeth, Jessica must somehow manage to juggle them both. Who will finally meet her perfect match? Daniela, Magenta, or Jessica? <laughs> <laughs> Who indeed? Oh, God. I think it's us on this book, actually. <laughs> oh, my God, you're right. This is the perfect match. <laughs> and speaking of perfection, please describe the glorious cover. I mean, this is, if if not the best cover, it's yeah. a strong contender for, like, best cover of the entire series. Yeah. And not just not just so far, but of, like, whatever's to come. Oh, like, I couldn't agree more. It's just phenomenal. I love like, everything about it. I just, nothing is wasted. Like, it's no. hilarious. And like, <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to do it justice. So like, I urge people to just look this up immediately. Like, don't wait for us to post it. Oh, just no, like, no. pause, go look it up and then come back. Because mm. like, your mean, eyes on this treat. Oh, fuck. Okay, yeah. So like, it's Jessica and it's Liz. But like, <laughs> they're actually in character, or at least the costumes of... <laughs> Daniela Fromage and Magenta Galaxy and it's just so good so like Liz is dressed as Daniela Fromage and has her like hand up to her face like she's absolutely scarlet to be seen <laughs> with this lunatic but like she has on this um like a black beret very Ooh. Emily in Paris oh she, really chic <laughs> she's got her uh, like it's a uh, we know from uh, from the book that it's actually a cropped blazer but it's like a, a cropped uh gray blazer um <gasps> Kind of oversized. Oversized. Oh, everything oversized. That's what's in now. <laughs> um, she's got some silver bangles on her wrists and she's just looking across at Jessica, who is decked out <laughs> as Magenta <laughs> Galaxy with this like blue streak in her hair. Oh, she's yeah. got like a black top on, which, okay, fine. But like, holy shit, this jewellery is just beyond. So she's oh. got, it's like a matching necklace and earring set. <laughs> and there, it's, it's fish, like it's neon fish. Yes. So there's two, there's purple fish dangling from her ears and her necklace is made up of like yellow, purple, green and red mm. fish. <laughs> I think this is the basis for Tati Devine's entire aesthetic. The, you know, oh, the costume Oh, 100%. Jewelry, uh, yes. Which I love. So, you oh, know, I'm here for it. Same. Look, to be honest, I would absolutely have worn this necklace when I was in college. Like, yeah. Uh, I'd wear and it now. possibly now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I kidding? I'd wear it now. Um, she also has like massive bangles on her wrists and they're all like in the corresponding colours to her necklace. Oh. Like, it is such a good cover. Every, and oh my God. the expression on their faces is amazing because especially Liz because this is the most like a normal human being anybody looks on these covers in terms of their facial expressions. Like, that is true. Amazing, like, <laughs> Oh my God, this is ridiculous. Kind of hilarious, but a mostly ridiculous look. It's kind of the expression that we often have, I think, when reading these books. 
Yeah, it's very like, what am I going to do with this one? Like, yeah. kind of a look. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, meanwhile, how would you describe her features? I mean, yeah. she is the cat that got the cream. She looks yeah. delighted with herself. She's kind of like side-eyeing Liz a little bit, but she looks extremely pleased with herself and how everything is going. <laughs> well, the words delighted with herself appear in my notes multiple times. <laughs> I think you've captured her her, uh, her general vibe in this book. I think so. Oh yeah. my goodness. Uh, so now you've got this image in your heads. Let's dive into the story, which begins in the changing room of Lisette's. Yeah, so dynamic. Makes a change from the cafeteria anyway. Yeah. Or the or the Casa del Wakefield, our usual two locations. Indeed. <laughs> well, we're told at the very beginning that Jessica, you might remember at the last book, she was wearying of uh, of the guys who speak by the hike. She basically worked her way through the entire school. <laughs> she has had enough of them because there are none left. <laughs> yeah. And she says, uh, tells Liz, the boys around here are so immature, it makes you want to join a convent sometimes. <laughs> but then we're reminded that in spite of how she felt however Jessica had dated nearly all of them and now she had finally run out of guys to go with don't you hate it when that happens <laughs> doesn't say that last bit that's me but I know yeah <laughs> oh god so relatable it's like everyone fancies me so I've just gone through everyone yes, at this stage I'm and there's just... no one left <laughs> <laughs> I mean surely that was that was everybody in secondary school Christ <laughs> Well, Liz uh, rightly points out that the junior and senior boys would have to proclaim a national day of mourning if you did that. And (laughs) not for the first time in this book, I keep thinking, poor Annie. Because remember how they treated her. And in this book, Jess has literally gone through every man in the school or boy in the school. It's crazy, isn't it? Like just the double standards. Oh, it's shocking. Oh. It's so bad. Oh. Yeah. And like it's such a like a jokey. Oh, she has gone through all the boys in school. And it's so like, oh, isn't she gas? Yeah. Whereas poor Annie, it was like, fuck, well, we know what happened there. Yeah. But like, Jesus, it was just so grim in comparison. And this is so like jokey and lighthearted. It's like, oh, this fucking sucks. Oh, this this school. <laughs> God damn it. Um, so we get the twin comparison in which we're told that Jessica is excitement and adventure in a five foot six inch frame. <laughs> I mean, pain in the arse in a five foot six inch frame, that's what she is. <laughs> but we're told they have a magical bond. Um, and if by bond, they mean that uh, Liz is a doormat until, spoiler alert, she finally snaps over, I think quite disproportionately. <laughs> But, oh yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, the relationship, the magical bond usually consists of Liz being a doormat and Jessica True. just doing whatever the fuck she wants. <laughs> so Liz wants to buy a frankly amazing sounding dress. Yes, are they in? They in? They are in the sets. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure this dress is going to be saved for the outfits. Yes, yeah. But just rest assured, it is incredible. And I would wear it uh, now if I had any reason to wear a going out dress. <laughs> if any of us were allowed to go anywhere. <laughs> if, I, if I hadn't been wearing elasticated Lucy and Yaks trousers for the last like 11 months or however long this year has been. <laughs> um, so she can't afford this amazing gown and she doesn't agree with Jessica's suggestion, which is to just, <laughs> can you tell us what it is? Oh, Jesus, yeah, that's it. Because like Jessica is so like just appalled by the thoughts that you know, like. What do you mean? Like you can't afford it? What's the problem? She's like, just charge it on mom's account. You can worry about paying for it after you have it. She won't mind when she sees how great you look at it. <laughs> I mean, why do the Wakefield parents still have charge accounts in any shops? Like oh, this God. is very uh, irresponsible of them. Uh, well, Liz, of course. Uh, maybe they they 
I don't know how they could possibly think Jess hasn't been charging like thousands of dollars to the sets <laughs> and BBs or whatever else she's been shopping at. Uh, but obviously Liz is trustworthy because she doesn't think that's right. But Jess says, Elizabeth Wakefield, if you spend your whole life being so principled, you'll never have any fun. I mean, she certainly is not principled and I guess she does have fun. So maybe there's a lesson there. You know, you can't really argue with that. She absolutely has fun. I mean, she, you know, she wrecks everyone in the meantime, but she certainly has fun. You can't argue with that. They leave Lisette's and Jess spots a new business that has opened up in the mall. And he tells what it is. Oh, God. A new business had just opened. The sign over the door read, Love struck computer dating. And a smaller sign in the window announced, Teens are speciality. Uh-oh. <laughs> I just feel like there's no context for that sign no. to ever be a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> That's incredibly dodgy. Doesn't it? <laughs> well, uh, Liz reminds Jess of when she signed Stephen up at Perfect Match, uh, the matchmaking mm. agency. But she says this is different because it focuses on teens uh, who are probably a you know, worthy financial market <laughs> for computer dating. Oh, I guess God. if you are based in a town where everybody has to have a date to go to like the shops, um, then it makes sense to open a computer dating agency focusing on That's teens. true. Sweet Valley is the ideal market for this yeah. kind of thing, isn't it? <laughs> so they, she goes in, or they go in, and uh, the receptionist tells them that the way it works is you fill out a questionnaire and then it goes into the computer. <laughs> How? What? <laughs> We just feed it through like a fax machine. Yeah. I mean, that's the impression I get. Yeah. And then you just get matched up with somebody. It's very scientific, she says. Yeah. It sure sounds like it. <laughs> Well, as a special promotion, they're just charging $5 per application. And uh, against Liz's protests, Jess asks for a second application for her sister. Um, but she drags Liz off and then she explains what her scheme is and it's quite something oh god yeah so I suppose she's decided that she's fed up of dating the same type of guy that she's always dated Mm. Uh, so she's gonna fill out two forms with two different names and like create personalities for each one yes (laughs) to get a better range of responses Mm. Uh, I like that Liz thinks there wasn't one type of guy Jessica had always dated she dated so many boys they couldn't possibly fit into a single category Oh my God, that's it. I think I wrote down Jessica's type, hot, comma, alive. Yeah. I mean, another definition of hot is quite broad. So Jess fills out the forms and she shows them to Liz and her two personas are... uh, (laughs) I mean, impressive works of fiction, I guess, is one way to describe them. I know, and if she came up with them on the spot, you kind of have to give her that. Like, she is creative. True. So first off, it's... uh, so one and only Daniela Fromage. <laughs> oh God! Can you she's tell us a bit about Daniela? So Daniela, uh, she's an intellectual, mm, don't you know? Of course. Uh, she liked foreign films, modern poetry, oh. French cuisine, and world travel. Her idea of a perfect evening was a meaningful conversation in front of a crackling fire with an opera on the stereo. <laughs> I love that even her ideas of like an intellectual and a rocker are like so basic. Like they're just oh really God. the most stereotypical, like fancy lady. Uh, and you know, the same <laughs> amount of of um, uh, of edge goes into Manchester Galaxy because we're told she's 
a wild rocker whose passions were everything new and anything hot. She liked mm-hmm. fast cars, loud dance bands, the hippest music clubs in LA, and ending up in a coffee shop at four in the morning eating hamburgers and dancing on the countertop. <laughs> <laughs> like a coffee shop. It's not a bar. It is a coffee shop. Um, it is a coffee shop, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I mean, it could have got a bit edgier, Jess. Oh, God. But uh, Liz is sceptical, understandably, and reminds <laughs> her in a little bit of continuity of when she put on an act of pretending to be like a sort of demure goody-goody for AJ. Mm. And Jessica gets all sad for a split second and a split second alone because we're told that waking up with AJ had been one of the saddest times of her life. Was it? I mean, she was sad, but saddest times of her life. You'd imagine like her sister being in a coma probably tops it out. I was thinking that, yeah. Also, <laughs> she really got over it for the saddest time of her life. It passed extremely quickly. It sure did. And she's so funny because she's just like, that was completely different. But like, this is also what she said, like not two pages ago when uh, when Liz was like, remember the last time you tried this computer dating thing? She was like, that was also completely different. It's like the moral of the story is that Jessica never learns her lesson, <laughs> like ever. This is twice she's had previous lessons brought up and she's like nope that doesn't apply here this is very true and I guess in the future they can remind her of this and when she will just claim that uh, it's different it's also different yeah. this time she never just added to the pile never learns no uh, but we're told that she has she decided to sort of channel to real life uh, sweet valiants when creating these personas and she asks Liz who the these fakes remind her of um you know, there's Daniela Fromage, the cultural, the cultured sophisticate who likes classical music and poetry. Elizabeth frowned. Now that you mention it, this sort of sounds like Suzanne Hanlon. <laughs> and her inspiration from Magenta Galaxy is somebody who's very close to our hearts. <laughs> I mean, it was only ever going to be one person. There's only one true. actual cool person in this entire very series. true. So, of course, Magenta Galaxy is based on uh, the one and only Dana Larson. Yes. And actually, Dana is more complex than this because, like, Dana's into her own movies. Like, she's got her sort of, you know, more, um, slightly more idiosyncratic interests. But I guess Jess doesn't go that far. Yeah. Like, Jess's versions of them are basically caricatures of both of these (laughs) girls. Like, And actually, it's funny because Suzanne from, uh, previously from uh, Will Suzanne Succeed in Changing Ken. Another classic. uh, that book was called Lovestruck <gasps> and Lovestruck is the name of the agency in this <gasps> one. Oh my God. How's that for some Sweet Valley meta Oh, stuff? I did not think they had it in them. Well done, ghostwriters. <laughs> I like it. I enjoyed that. <laughs> so Liz thinks all of this is completely unhinged, but she agrees when Jess asks her to like cover for her on the phone because there's going to be obviously calls for Magenta and Daniela. <laughs> Daniela. <laughs> this is so much hassle. Like she could have made the personas without making up the names. True. It's so much work. Yeah. yeah. So she pays and uh, she she's quite cunning because when she puts her forms back, she puts them into a pile of other questionnaires, but she puts them like, you know, with a few pages in between. So nobody goes, these people have exactly the same address and phone number. Yeah, so, <laughs> it's apparently it's such a well-staffed agency <laughs> with their $5 per application. That, uh, yeah, that uh, no one's going to notice. It'll be fine. Well, a few days later, the, the mail arrives and Jessica has a match for Daniela. <laughs> and he is uh he's a he's a euro hunk oh god yeah uh pierre dulac Ooh la la. <laughs> um yeah so like it's like it's a letter but i don't i don't think it's from him no it's from the agency sorry it's There's from the agency the details about him 
Gotcha. Yes. So uh, so Pierre's detailed that he was born in France, has traveled extensively on the continent and in Europe. And in fairness, Liz immediately breaks in and is like, the continent and Europe. She's like, isn't that the same thing? <laughs> just like, yeah, whatever, they've just made a mistake. Yeah. And yeah, it turns out Pierre speaks four languages. He wants to be a novelist or a museum curator. Uh, what else? Oh, he plays the piano. He loves jogging and sailing. And his favorite foods are truffles and foie gras. And he's <laughs> dying to meet me, says Jessica. I mean, I do love truffles. <laughs> I, I I do not like foie gras. I think it's very cruel. But mm. I have gone on holiday to, uh, twice to a part of France where they specialize in such things. And you literally can't drive down a road without seeing lots of signs, like the shape of geese. <laughs> oh, wow. Enticing you to buy <laughs> to buy some foie gras. So I'm, I'm surprised that Pierre does another day in the Dordogne. Um, we could have all the, the fatty, <laughs> fatty <laughs> that uh, this heart could desire. There you go. So uh, Jessica is literally, we're told, in ecstasy. <laughs> but I would say she's on ecstasy. At least that's what oh, it seems God. like she is. That would explain some stuff. So she rushes in to call the agency and arrange, uh, you know, say it's okay to pass on her details to um, to Pierre. And Prince Albert jump, jumps all over. Nice little cameo for Prince Albert. Oh, it's so good. He's so cute. Um, yeah, every time she tries to get to the phone, like he planted himself in front of her waiting to be hugged. Oh, <laughs> you like... Pay attention to me. <laughs> he is the best, I was going to say person, being in Sweet Valley. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and when she makes a phone call, she keeps saying, quit that Prince Albert. Like, Prince, not now. And then the reception said, I hope you don't mind my asking, but you've got a prince after you. Why do you need us? <laughs> <laughs> so good. I really thought there was going to be more made of that, actually. But uh, it's just like a funny little interaction that they end up having. Yes, because Jessica says in a mock serious voice, I'm bored with him, that's why. All he ever wants to do is chase tennis balls. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that's, uh, you know, she's she set that in train and she wonders if she's going to be sophisticated enough for Pierre Dulac. And Liz jokes that she could always take a crash course in culture, which gives Jess an idea. God. So, yeah, Jessica's like, oh, that's not a bad idea. So immediately she looks up Suzanne Hanlon's number mm-hmm. and uh, basically just rings her up so she can just badger her into giving her some kind of class on uh, the shit that she's into. Yeah. And Suzanne, by the way, Suzanne, who we might remember from, well, Suzanne succeeding, changing Ken, but actually she wasn't as bad, apart from when she tried to sort of get Ken away from his beloved football football and rolling stones yeah yes. she wasn't uh, she had a sense of humor like she wasn't the worst person in the world no she wasn't and i i mean jessica's a way worse person than her so oh by far um so jess sort of butters her up on the phone and suzanne invites her over the next day and like suzanne invites her over and jessica's like she's got such a stick up her arse it's like you're still taking advantage of her and yeah, this is she's using her like for her own means and she's still giving out. Yes. It's like she's being very generous in fairness to her. Well, when she arrives at the mansion, like Suzanne again is quite good to you where she's cracking jokes. Uh, but then she gets into cultural teacher mode and it sounds quite tedious. Oh, God, it really does. Like it's it's like it's homework like that yes. Jessica ends up doing, basically. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, she's being quizzed on the Impressionists and Jessica's confusing Manet and Monet. And it's just like, is is 
any of this really worth it. Yes. <laughs> like, and also she makes them look at her holiday snaps for like three hours or something. Okay, that yeah, that would be extremely boring. And yeah, and I don't know what the plan there was. Was she just going to lie about going to Italy on her holidays yeah. and talk about one specific swimming pool or something? <laughs> like, I don't know what the end game there was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or I, I was wondering that myself. Then I thought, is it just to sort of give make her au fait with how a sophisticated international traveller might spend their holidays. But I mean, really, do you really need to look at our holiday photos for like through mm. like four photo albums? Well, when Suzanne suggests a Truffaut film, uh, Jessica makes her escape. What if the <laughs> film was Close Encounters of the Third Kind, in which Truffaut turns up as a French scientist at the end? Oh, okay. Could have been that. <laughs> Probably wasn't. <laughs> well, yeah, odds are it wasn't. <laughs> and then Suzanne lends her loads of fancy clothes. Again, I don't know why I'm so defensive of Suzanne, but I think because I just hate Jessica so much. Um, <laughs> that is so generous. Can we describe what's in this booty or does it count as an outfit? No, it, no, no, there is no shortage of outfits. So we can oh, talk about some Suzanne. stuff in the bag. Um, <laughs> yeah, like this is so, so sound of Suzanne. So she picks up, it's like a Neiman Marcus shopping bag. And she's like, you can borrow these things as long as you need them. And there's several silk blouses, of Hooray! course. But like there's two Chanel purses, <gasps> uh, two designer scarves, a pair of Gucci shoes and some other accessories. And it's like, that is thousands of dollars worth of stuff that she's just handing over to Jessica of all people. I know. And Jessica says, I really appreciate it. She doesn't. I mean, no. <laughs> so that is too kind to her. Way too kind. Um, when she gets home, we get another blast from the past. Oh, for fuck's sake. Because <laughs> what is Liz doing? Jesus Christ. Elizabeth was practicing her fucking recorder <laughs> when she heard Jessica bounding up the stairs. And I actually wrote down, the fucking recorder, will we never be free of it? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently not. Oh my God. Like we, we enjoy continuity. You know, it's always nice to see that they've been referring to older stuff. But mm. can they please just let the recorder go? I think we've all had enough of Liz's recorder, <laughs> yeah. Kate Williams. Thank you. Fully. <laughs> we are good for recorders now. <laughs> well, Jessica is, uh, again, being a dick about Suzanne and saying she's so stuck up and isn't even funny. And Liz points out that doesn't stop you from picking her brains or stealing half her wardrobe, apparently. <laughs> like that's some good shit that she's just handed over to you. Yeah. And we know how much these teens value a silk blouse. <laughs> and uh, then Pierre rings and asks her, to a little place we've never heard of before called Shay Sam. Ooh, yeah, in Pacific Shores. Mm. I can't remember. I think we've had Pacific Shores in this before. Yeah, I think but, probably um, we but, have. Yeah, but Shay Sam, new new restaurant. French, of course. French, of, French, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Only type of cuisine in Southern California other than burgers. You're solely for it. Oh, it's God, I swear, you'd think they'd break out in a rash if they saw an enchilada. Like. <laughs> They probably would. <laughs> uh, although they do venture further afield culinary-wise later on. Oh, that is true. But uh, yeah, I mean, really, they could. this could have, they could have upped their game a bit. <laughs> well, when Jessica answers the phone, we're told her voice was throatier and Elizabeth thought she could hear the trace of an accent. It was obviously <laughs> another facet of Daniela. Oh God! Oh God! Like she's like I thought she was going to pretend to be French for a while, and I was quite excited about oh, that. Me too. But she doesn't really she doesn't really follow through on that aspect. I guess she lost. Remember when she when she did her new Jessa Fields uh, oh, yeah. makeover? She sort of spoke in a weird kind of Euro English accent, yeah, or transatlantic yeah. accent. <laughs> um, so maybe she's she knows she can't keep that up for too long. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, the phone call goes well enough because when she hangs up, she whoops with glee, and Liz just shakes her head. 
<laughs> and Liz has some news because some more uh, mail has arrived. And this time it's for Magenta. Oh my God, like they're so speedy with their replies in fairness, aren't they? <laughs> um, yeah, so it's a guy called Brent or Brett S. Um, and Liz is like, just S? That's a pretty weird last name. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, so he wants to be a race car driver or a rock guitarist or both. <laughs> he, believe, he believes in living life to the max. He says he's tall, dark and wild and likes his girls to be tall, blonde and wild. That's me, Jessica gasped her eyes sparkling. It's like, you're not tall, Jessica. Come I was on, just going <laughs> I mean, I'm five foot two. So, uh, and even I do not think five foot six is tall. <laughs> they're me average exactly so uh, yeah she's very excited about uh, about all this and she's like I knew it was a good idea to use two different personalities mm. uh, so she's uh, quite excited about these two different boys but like I was kind of thinking as well like hasn't Jessica already been out with guys like this before mm, like she's yes. acting like this has never happened because like the kind of sophisticated guys she usually just finds them really boring True. and then like the wild guys, I mean, let's be fair, they usually end up being rapists. So it's like, True. there's yeah. never any good that comes out of these types of guys no, when it six, comes to this series. Six-year-old, chino-clad, waspy, normal type, <laughs> Jessica. Exactly. <laughs> Some guy that plays tennis, like, yeah. it'd be fine. <laughs> you don't have much imagination. No. Uh, well, she is, as my notes say, not for the last time, delighted with herself. <laughs> but it's Liz, a recurring theme for sure very much so but Liz says it sounds like a big mess and she is not wrong hmm. cut to Sunday morning when Jess is gazing at the phone and chanting ring 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 <laughs> so good she's like some kind of 80s pastel witch oh my god what an amazing description I mean we all want to be an 80s pastel witch it's the dream really yeah. let's face it <laughs> Well, we learned that since she she got in touch with Lovestruck to say mm-hmm. that Brett S could uh, call Magenta Galaxy for a date, and she's been she's been waiting by the phone, basically, not least because she doesn't want either of her parents to answer and go, uh, "Sorry, wrong number." Yeah, who the fuck? <laughs> and uh, we're told that as soon as she arranges a date, she plans to exploit Dana, even though she admits to herself that they barely know each other. Oh, she is shameless. At least with Suzanne, they're in the they're in Pi Beta Alpha together. And That's that right. There's some excuse. Tenuous as it is, it's it's a connection of some sort at least. But yeah, it's not like her and Dana have ever really hung out before. No, they don't even have a special bond like everyone else with this. Finally, the phone rings and uh, asks for magenta, and then says, "Brett S, I think we should meet." <laughs> And Jessica's eyes widened. You don't waste time, do you? She marvelled. I like that. I know what I want, Brett said. His voice sounded <laughs> just the way Jessica had imagined it. Cool, sulky and sexy. Ooh. <laughs> so he suggests they meet next Saturday and go to the rock spot. <laughs> Such an imaginative name. Oh, we were doing so well with the names there for a while. We had the blue parish last week. Oh, man. Uh, Well, Jessica plays it cool as she accepts the date. We cut to a few days later and Jessica asks Dana, is is she listening to the blue frogs? It is not the blue frogs. Dana's being very patient with her, in fairness, and corrects her and says, uh, oh, look, she's like, "Uh, no, it's the blues hogs. (laughs) So, um, yeah, poor Dana's being drilled for information now. It's her turn. (laughs) We're told that uh, they're starting Jessica's initiation into super hip culture. (laughs) (laughs) 
Dana is skeptical about the whole thing, Venator, but she's, she's happy to share her faves. That's right. Yeah. So like, because Jess's cover story is that she's seeing a guy who's into all this stuff. Or this is her story for both girls, really, yeah. is that, you know, she's seeing a guy, he's into all these things, and I just want to know a bit more about it. So like, fair enough. They're being very helpful in fairness to them. Like, yeah. as you say, much, much more than she deserves. Oh, look. infinitely more. <laughs> uh, Dana is dressed amazingly, and I look forward to this outfit at the end. Oh my God. Sure. It's phenomenal. It's yeah. One of the best outfits of all time. It, like you can trust Dana for a spectacular outfit. Oh, she does not disappoint. <laughs> uh, so yeah, she tells Jessica all about her fave venues in Sweet Valley and LA, of course. <laughs> and uh, Jessica is, is being immersed in the world of the rock and roller. <laughs> so back at the casa, uh, Liz is being driven mad by loud music. And so she goes in to find Jess in the Hershey bar, which is even messier than usual. And... We're told that uh, like the bed is covered in designer accessories mixed in with weird neon-coloured costume jewellery. And we're told there are maps of Europe and posters of French paintings taped to the walls. Like, is, she made a sort of, you know, conspiracy room. She's made a Charlie wall, like <laughs> the Sylvia Sylvia. wall. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is a part of me just visually. I know that uh, Brittany Daniels was actually in Always Sunny, but there's a part that thinks that the Wakefields would really more end up like, oh, sweetie. Oh, my God. It's so true. And Jessica, you know, her glory days far behind her. Hitting 40. <laughs> hanging out in patties. Yes. Um, so, yes, uh, Jessica, Liz thinks that Jessica has basically lost her mind. Uh, <laughs> but uh, she picks up an expensive coloured cream silk blouse. Oh my God. There's no other kind of blouse in this universe, let's face it. So, as she leans against the doorway, running her hand over the silky smoothness of the blouse, are they like silk fetishists or something? Like they're it's so kind of starting, it's starting to look that way. Yeah. <laughs> well, she says again that this is all completely ridiculous. But then Jessica uh, turns the tables and accuses her of never taking risks. Ooh. And she's quite full on. Like she tells Je- or tells Liz, you just play it safe so you don't end up getting hurt. And Liz felt embarrassed and guilty. When Jessica put it that way, she made her seem dull and spiritless. And her only defence is, what's wrong with knowing your limitations? Oh God, it's so lame. So depressing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> and Jess reminds her, look, you didn't even get that dress the other day because you weren't, uh, I mean, that I wouldn't count that as not taking a risk. That's not. No, like if you can't afford something, you can't afford something. Like what are you supposed to do? Shoplift it? Like. <laughs> or basically steal it off your parents. Um, exactly. But Jessica basically says, look, you, you could have gone for that and you didn't. And now whatever you wear, we'll just niggle away at you because it's not that dress. Liz wonders if she's really such a sap. Why not just say yes? <laughs> I mean, case closed. Case closed. <laughs> uh, by the way, in all this, this sort of self-questioning about is she so boring and predictable, she never says, do you know what? Maybe I should stand up to Jessica more often. And when she takes credit for things she didn't do, maybe I should say, no, that was me. Like, maybe I should actually grow a spine. No, it's all about maybe I should be more adventurous. Mm. I mean, there's other things where you could, you know, redefine your personality. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. (laughs) Instead, she just ponders, uh, she had one steady boyfriend, conservative tastes, modest ambitions. They're not that modest. She's always talking about being like a prize winning journalist. Um, True. But yes, she's she's now not sure that being steady as a rock was all that great. Oh. So she turns to her precious journal. 
<laughs> and she commits her first act of rebellion. Can you tell us what it is? Oh, God. With a firm nod, Elizabeth <laughs> took out her journal, turned to the first blank page and wrote in capital letters, Dare to be different! <laughs> then she snapped her journal shut. From now on, Elizabeth Wakefield was not going to look before she leaped. You tell him, Liz! She's so wild. It's like, the first thing I'm going to do is make a list. <laughs> <laughs> well, somebody has more ambitions. And it's Jess, who on Thursday night heads to Fowler Crest, where Lila is going to help her prep for her dates. And Lila is a bit put out. And rightly so, some would say. Oh, <laughs> Poor Lila. She's kind of, yeah, she's a bit off with her when she arrives. Um, she's like, oh, let's go up to my room, Lila said in a bored tone of voice. Uh, Lila seemed kind of preoccupied and she's kind of shrugging and she's like, I just don't see why you had to go to Suzanne to learn about being sophisticated. Lila sounded hurt. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and Jess knows she has to think of an excuse fast because we're told Lila could carry a grudge for weeks. <laughs> By the way, we're told that the real reason she had to ask Suzanne was, she doesn't tell Lila this obviously, was just mm. that a fortune ma- recently made in silicon chips wasn't the same as generations of wealth and breeding. Suzanne was old money and Jessica was sure that distinction made a difference to someone like Pierre Delac. Lila is descended from French fucking aristocrats. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really. Also, Suzanne's name is Hanlon, so... Speaking as an Irish person, the sort of person whose name is Hanlon is not that posh. They're not old money millionaires. Absolutely like, no. not. There's, <laughs> no chance. There's only so many generations that can be. And it's yeah. not, I mean, Lila is uh, is hardly an arriviste in comparison. By the way, obviously all this distinction is snobbish bullshit, but I still feel defensive on Lila's behalf. <laughs> She is our flat-faced queen, after all. Queen of our hearts. Except when she's terrible, then we shake yeah. our heads and sorrow. When she frequently lets us down. I mean, but she does it almost every book. Though not this one. It's true. We just can't help ourselves. Well, Lila show is kind of showing her vulnerable side here. She she buys it when Jess said that uh, she just needed to talk to a culture snob, but not like Lila, who's much more, quote, real and honest. And oh, well, that does the trick anyway, because she looks much happier, I think. Yes, she's, but she merely toys with the gold bracelets on her wrist. Lila's oh. always bedecked in precious metals. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, it turns out Jessica wants to quiz her on culture. <laughs> the questions oh are so random. Jesus. Yeah. So she, it's like she has like flashcards kind yeah. of ready to go, I think, doesn't she? Yeah. So it's like, OK, what is an aubergine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's particularly funny to Europeans. Obviously, it's because Jessica Thick knows it's, it's causing an eggplant. But uh, it is just hilarious that that's the first thing. That's like, oh, the height of culture, <laughs> seeing aubergine instead of eggplant. <laughs> and then there's questions that are, you know, quite tough about like the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields and Neville Mariner and uh, um, Impressionist and Post-Impressionist paintings. David Hockney then comes up. They move into the mid-20th century. Uh, last scene playing a starring role in um, Teacher Crush. Oh, Teacher Crush, yes. Jessica's never heard of him though. And, <laughs> oh, because he's not the list. And That's right. She's she, Yeah, Jessica, she's working off a cheat sheet of sorts. Now so Lila's she, going rogue. Yeah. <laughs> and Lila says, uh, you know, I'm just asking your opinion. 
I don't want you to ask me my opinion, Jessica growled. She slapped the list <laughs> down in front of Lila. Just ask me what's on here. And Lila wisely points out, if Pierre asks her if she likes Hockney, she can't just say, he's not on my list. <laughs> and then they move on to Brett. And then I think comes my favourite <laughs> surprising part of this book. So one of the questions is, who was Abby Hoffman? And Jessica doesn't know. What is he? Is he the lead? guitarist for the Grateful Dead and Lila's like not quite try again and uh, Jessica her head is so crowded with names and facts she can't even remember if Flaubert was an author of a kind of, or a kind of cheese <laughs> she can't she doesn't know who it is and Lila goes for your information Abby Hoffman was that 60s radical hippie who died in 1989 even I know that so I don't say, I fucking love that Lila knows who Abby Hoffman is. This is just, like, I do not expect her to know. That the is author unexpected. of Steal This Book. Like, this is not the sort of thing that <laughs> I expect Lila to be uh, au fait with the 60s counterculture. There you go. She's full of surprises, that one. <laughs> she really is. It's like, uh, didn't... didn't what's her name? Courtney Kane know, like, all the lyrics are blown in the wind. That's right, yes. These posh girls just are, yeah, you just can't, they keep you on your toes. Yeah, in depths. Well, yeah. Um, so yeah, Lila is, wonders if all of this is worth it. And Jessica uh, is sure that it will be because tomorrow Ooh. night is her first test. <laughs> so we cut to Friday evening and Liz is getting ready for just the same old, same old, basically. She's she's meeting the gang at the at the DB. At the Dairy Burger. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she wonders if she's stuck in a wash. And she, meanwhile, Jessica, who is never stuck in a wash, uh, apart from, you know, dating the same guys again and again and again, <laughs> uh, she, she panics about what to wear. But Liz has a suggestion. Oh, God. What could it be? Uh, she, I was like, how about this blouse Elizabeth oh. suggested? Picking up the cream coloured silk one she had noticed before. It's like this blouse is all over the room, but like it has to be the silk one. I mean, come on, it's yes. never going to be anything else. Of course. <laughs> now, I don't know if you, you're saving this outfit for later, I presume. Yes. Yeah, because this is kind of like a full Daniela fromage outfit. Because yes. I suppose the ones that turn up later later on in the book uh, are actually on the cover so they're kind of we've kind of already done them mm. if you get me <laughs> but, and also they play a role in the mm. plot uh, exactly. all you need to know on this one is that Jessica is basically dressing like Lucille Bluth that was my exact thought <laughs> oh my god like she's not she, dressing like a teenage sophisticate not at all my, oh that's so funny my thought immediately went to Lucille Bluth as well this is pure like Yacht Club yeah. cover of Mother Boy magazine like <laughs> <laughs> Well, to be honest, her and Pierre but said things have a mother boy vibe going on. <laughs> They're blandly rich kid duds. Uh, oh. So Jess says as a thank you to Liz for helping her put together her uh, elderly lady outfit. Um, <laughs> she'll split the cost of that amazing dress in the sets. And we're told that Jessica could be a real pain sometimes, but then she would turn around to do something so sweet. No, she doesn't. This isn't sweet. She literally does nothing without an interior mo- ulterior motive. And it never <laughs> has in the entire series. And we're sick of <laughs> Like when? When did she do anything so sweet? That's true. Yeah. I mean, this is, for her, this is sweet because she's going to split the cost of the dress. But obviously that just means that she also gets to wear it whenever yeah. she wants as well. And also she says she wants a favour from, Je- from Liz later on. Doing oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, 
So she drives off to Shea Sam and we get a, a description <laughs> of the full edfish, as we're not saying, again, Lucille. And she's dazzled when she arrives and meets Pierre. <laughs> he's, uh, he's quite uh, a suave, sophisticated. Yes, he is. He uh, he was everything Jessica dreamed he would be. <laughs> so he's tall and slim with a narrow, sensitive face and light brown hair. Dark eyelashes framed a pair of bright blue eyes. His navy blazer and grey pants looked impeccable and his white shirt complemented his tan perfectly. He looked as though he had just stepped out of the pages of a fashion magazine. Oh, so you know that uh, Jessica is smitten by this, this glamorous um, charmer. <laughs> Except he's not really that charming. Because it's extremely awkward. Like, it, it doesn't is. say anything. He's not put, no, he's not chatty, that's for sure. No. She thinks he must be the quiet type. Mm. And then the menu arrives and the only, she she basically orders the only bit of the menu that she can understand because it's all in French and it's ton aux herbes. French people, correct my pronunciation there. It's basically tuna <laughs> with herbs. And... Uh, yeah, she's surprised that um, that Pierre orders in English from the waiter because the staff are all French. But Pierre has a very implausible excuse. <laughs> so, yeah, he um, he says, oh, about the waiter, that he's uh, he's French-Canadian. I spoke with him before he got here Aww. and our accents are so different. Mm-hmm. It just seems simpler to speak to him in English. It's like, really? hmm, <laughs> are we sure about this? <laughs> <laughs> by the way Jessica is extremely gullible in this book we'll just say it now oh like from the get-go it's like something's off here it's worryingly <laughs> gullible yeah so he asks her about herself and uh, she goes into a spiel about Daniela's interest and says sometimes I feel life isn't long enough to do everything I want to do read all the poetry hear all the symphonies drown <laughs> myself in the dance the goes, <laughs> rich dance <laughs> A puzzled expression on his face. And she's like, don't people say like the dance when they mean dance? So she feels that she's made a faux pas. Um, So she tries to turn the attention to to cinema and says, don't you love Fellini? And Pierre has quite a response to that too. Oh God, yeah, yes, definitely. Especially with white clam sauce and Parmesan cheese. Oh, and garlic bread. (laughs) By the way, only notice now, clams. Yep. Mm. Fucking clams. But just let that... It's like re- just constantly haunted by recorders and clams. And, and <laughs> silk weird. blouses. Oh my God. Yeah. We've got three of, the, three of the classic motifs. That's it. It's Sweet Valley Bingo all up in here. Oh my God. Well, actually, I think we need to make Sweet Valley Bingo. I think we do. That's something for your sterling, amazing work on the Instagram account, which I strongly <laughs> recommend. And it is worth joining Instagram to see the marvels that uh, that Karen is creating for her <laughs> Digging up all kinds of stuff. Oh my God, amazing stuff. So you, you have to go to uh, SVH Podcast on Instagram to check it out. Um, so back in Shay Sam, uh, she decides that he's joking. And so she's like, oh, you're so funny. <laughs> and he blathers on about poetry. She bullshits back. And he is clearly spoofing. But she's so insecure about herself and her own spoof that she's just like, oh, shit, has he noticed that I'm, you know, making all this up? He's also extremely dim. <laughs> he doesn't even understand when their food arrives and she goes, bon appetit. 
Oh, God. Yeah, he's like, excuse me, Pierre said, wrinkling his forehead. And she's just like, oh, no, my accent isn't good. Oh, I shouldn't, you know, oh, I'll probably just embarrass myself if I try to speak French. And he's like, oh, no, I, I just didn't hear you. And it's like, you're both just lying through your teeth. It's so obvious. Also, how do you not know that expression? Come on. I know, for fuck's sake. Like, <laughs> um, it all, basically, the whole evening sounds kind of shit because they yeah. don't they're both uncomfortable uh he doesn't really speak much when he does it's just nonsense uh but somehow she's delighted when he asks her out again um, yeah she's thrilled they're going to go to um a film at the odeon which is uh sweet valley's revival movie theater apparently i think we did have that before didn't we have who was was it bill went to see films with dana oh. there because i remember feeling quite jealous uh, or that they had Dee Dee. Well, was it not that when him and Dee were sort of becoming too when they were too oh, much in love yes you're right. <laughs> You're right. Yes, I can't believe that it's cool. That Sweet Valley is cool enough to have a revival cinema that shows old films. Yeah, uh, that doesn't sound like this town at all. Very much not. But uh, anyway, that's where they're going to go on their date, and he kisses her hand, and she's like, "Oh, so sophisticated." <laughs> so she's smitten um, somehow. And yeah, and it's like as you say, it sounds like such a shit date, but yeah, she's into it. <sighs> Well, on that note, we might take a pause to tell you about another podcast in the Headstuff Podcast Network. And this week, it's a brand new podcast. It's called... That's right. So, yeah, sorry, I'm cutting across you there. <laughs> um, yeah, it's called the, Word, the World According to Wikipedia. And as you say, it's new. So now's a good time to get stuck in. So you don't have to do a lot of catching up. Um, yeah, so it's a show that takes a good long look at the inner workings of Wikipedia and the people that keep it running. Um, it's hosted by Rebecca, who's a longtime Wikipedia editor and Fanula. So they ask all the kind of wiki questions that you want to know the answers to. They talk to Wikipedia editors, experts and advocates to explore the oddly complex world of Wikipedia. Yeah, and you can check them out. Uh, so you can find out more at This Head Stuff on Twitter. Um, so uh, yeah, give it a listen and find out more about the the website that pretty much all of us use all the time, for better or worse. The World According to Wikipedia is a podcast that pops the hood of Wikipedia and invites you to take a look inside. Each episode, we will talk to someone from the Wikimedia community on topics like why are only 18% of biographies about women? Can editing Wikipedia be a protest or activism? And what is it like for the communities working on the 200 plus Wikipedias that are not in English? Subscribe on your podcatcher of choice and follow us on Twitter at world underscore Wikipedia. And now back to Sweet Valley, where Liz somehow blows Jessica's mind because when Jessica comes in, comes in she's painting her toenails. <laughs> I actually was baffled by why Liz is, this is somehow shocking. Like we were actually told that Jess is baffled by the fact that Liz is doing her nails. It's, yeah, but like, is it the fact that she's doing her nails or the fact that she's doing them bright red? I couldn't even tell. Yeah, there's like either way, it's not a big deal in the slightest, but I guess for Liz it is. I don't know. Jesus, this is her being adventurous. Like, <laughs> really, she is quite tragic. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, she thinks it wasn't exactly a major adventure to paint, paint her toenails, but it was a start. <sighs> As we're now saying, Jesus, she really is boring. Fucking hell, like, yeah. <laughs> so we cut to Saturday afternoon at the Casadel Wakefield and the twins are chilling by the pool when Alice comes out. <laughs> And she asks what the hell Jessica's doing in her room because she has some quite extraordinary things there. <laughs> Can you tell us what they are? 
It's one of the That's right, particulars. So. Jesus. Well, yes. Um, so Alice is like, um, yeah, I put some clean laundry in your room. Where did all those weird things come from? And Jess is like, what weird things? So Alice goes, well, that paratrooper outfit, for instance. I never saw that before. And that necklace on your bed. The one made of black rubber and clear plastic. Isn't it a little, well, strange? Yes, Alice, especially the paratrooper outfit. What the fuck? <laughs> what is she up to? <laughs> I mean, what could it be? Could it be like a jumpsuit, boiler suit sort of vibe? I can't, yeah, I feel like it must be a kind of, yeah, just like a boiler suit or jumpsuit of some description. I mean, if this like, means something in California in the 80s, listeners, do tell us. <laughs> do enlighten us. Quite unsettled by it, to be honest. Um, so Jessica tells that says that she just borrowed them from a friend and uh, when Alice leaves Jessica is still kind of trying to figure out what to wear for her date with Brett but later she's decided what she's going to do and uh, she's got a fashion uh, or a hair uh, a, a hair decision I don't even know how to describe what she does but in Sweet Valley terms it is incredibly radical can you tell us what she's doing? <laughs> so, um, yeah, she's gotten a, a spray can of temporary hair colour. So Liz is going to spray some blue streaks or well, just the one blue streak. Oh, Let's yeah, not get it carried away. <laughs> yeah. So she sprays a blue streak into Jessica's perfect sun-kissed hair. Yes. And then she, she puts her hair into an elaborate do and dons some of Dana's coolest trinkets. Are, are you going to describe the trinkets later on? Yes, okay, definitely. Excellent. They are... Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> so daytime uh, rolled up and so does a boring old car outside. And uh, Jess is surprised to see that Brett gets out of it. <laughs> That's right, because she's kind of scanning the street uh, and sees like a brown Oldsmobile coming up the corner. And she's like, no, no, just looking around. Where is Brett? And then next thing he gets out of this car and she's like, what? What is going on? <laughs> Luckily, he's a hunk. And he's wearing a... Oh, can we describe his outfit? Yeah, no, go for it. He's basically dressed like the Fonz. Or, yeah. <laughs> or Marlon Brando with the world run. But I'm thinking more the Fonz. The Fonz, yes, for sure. <laughs> it could be because I've just watched Barry, which is incredible, and stars Henry Winkler as a drama teacher. Strongly recommend it. Oh, Barry is so good. Yes. Yeah. And uh, I do like seeing the Fonz. Seems like a good egg. I like seeing him have a sort of career triumph in his later years but yeah. would I want to go out with somebody who dressed like the Fonz? No. <laughs> Unlikely. No. But Jess is very impressed uh, and we're told in spite of the fact that this isn't actually the Fonz uh, in spite of the fact that the sun had gone down he had a pair of dark sunglasses. Oh God. And, and when he removes them Jess sees that he had extraordinary gold brown eyes Ooh. she also noticed his strong jaw and high cheekbones he was definitely the sexiest hard rocker she had ever seen <laughs> amazing oh god so they go out to his car and she, he's all like oh my, it's my parents car my car is in the shop but Jess is all oh cool it's like retro Americana mom pop style and he's like oh yes yes that's what it is oh she's just trying so hard I know unlike him because uh, he doesn't say a word and to sort of cover the awkward silence she goes to pick up a tape from a bunch of tapes that are on the on the floor of the car but he quickly grabs another one and uh, I'd love to know what was down in that, in that you know, <laughs> down in the foot well yeah <laughs> it was a lot of yacht rock and <laughs> <laughs> <smooth> <laughs> <little cons. laughs> 
as well. Nice bit of Devo. (laughs) So uh, loud metal fills the air. And Jess is the fan, but she obviously puts up with it because that's what she signed up for with um, with Rocker Brett. (laughs) And they arrive at a club where a band called The Express are playing, spelled X letter hyphen press. And uh, Jessica has never been to the rock spot before, but when she's uh, when she sees there's a crowded dance floor, she's confident that she can fit in. And we're told she was a good dancer and could always pick up any new steps quickly. Like, did she think that they're going to be doing it? <laughs> like, like it's basically like a metal bar or something. Does she think they're going to be line dancing or something? It's like, all you have to do is jump up and down, Jess. That's pretty much it. <laughs> like the twist or like the electric slide or something. Like they're not going to be doing things with steps. Just, just accept that one. Take it back now, y'all. <laughs> slide to the left. <laughs> um, well, Brett isn't impressed by all the, the rocking out. And oh. he's, he's come for the music. He's too cool for school. Because how can you listen when you're jumping around? Well, I mean, that's what most people do. At I know, that's the fun games. of this, Dick. Yeah. Well, oh, he's no crack. Uh, they spend the entire evening just sitting there in silence. And somehow she's had a good time. Or she wants to see him again. Again, like, sounds like a terrible date. Because, like, the music's so loud, she can't even hear herself think. And, like, so they can't really talk to each other. They're not dancing. So yeah. it's like... This is shite. And when they get home, she's got tinnitus. And I do remember in the olden days when, <laughs> when you came home from a gig, like you would be trying to sleep over the incredible, before they had noise regulations, there'd be, the, <laughs> the, 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 the rigging would last like almost until the next day. So God love her. If this is her first encounter with us, it's probably like bursting her drum or something. And when, uh, when Liz asks if, um, you know, was Brett like, is, is he a regular at this rock spot? Uh, she, Jess admits, he didn't seem to know where the bathrooms were, but I guess he goes to the really places in, in LA all the time. It's like, there were so many flags about this. So many. It's like, Jess is so concerned with not blowing her own cover that she's just not noticing that these guys are obvious fucking spoofers like, oh all God. the way through. <laughs> well, she says it was worth the, the noise and the lack of conversation because, quote, he's such a hunk. So... <laughs> We know her priorities. I mean, we've known them for a long time. It's true. We cut to Wednesday night where Daniela is waiting for Pierre wearing, as my notes say, another Louise Bluth special. (laughs) She's got a a look in this book. She does. And uh, she notices to her horror, she still has a single strand of blue hair, which she somehow thinks he'll notice. And she pulls it right (laughs) out of her head. Oh, God. So they're heading to a French film and when she admits she won't be able to follow it, with, uh, you know, her French is good enough to follow it, he's like, oh, there's subtitles. But she thinks that means, it was like, oh, he's so disappointed in me for not being a fluent French speaker as opposed to him being like, oh, shit, no, 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 don't worry, there's subtitles, there's subtitles because yeah, yeah. <laughs> he would not be able to understand a word. And, and even with subtitles, when they go to the film, Jess isn't, uh, isn't much better. Film is yeah, baffling. she can't make he- she can't make head nor tail of it. So as far like, as far as Jessica could tell, all the characters believed they were in purgatory. Though to her, it looked like a doctor's waiting room. Um, so yeah, she just can't follow the story at all because it's like uh, one person would get called by the nurse and then look shocked and start talking morosely about their childhood. <laughs> then the scene would switch to someone's apartment and the characters would begin to talk about opera and the family's cheese making factory. <laughs> I mean, it, <laughs> it didn't make any sense at all. <laughs> it's every cliche of our <laughs> 
So she's not impressed. But when they leave, uh, Pierre says he loved it. And that it reminded me a lot of Ingrid Bergman's films. Uh. And Jess thinks, wasn't Ingrid Bergman an actress and Ingmar Bergman, the Swedish film director? Maybe Ingrid Bergman directed movies too. Oh, Oh, Jess. Like, she's so right. She's like, she didn't want to make herself look dumb by asking. So she just nodded. It's like, oh, man. And was it not Ken who confused, who didn't know about Ingmar Bergman and thought that they were talking about Ingrid Bergman and Suzanne's horrible friends who, like, sneered at him? That's right. Yes, you're right. So they've they've sort of pulled the Ingrid, Ingmar Bergman uh, uh, confusion before. But in fairness, I mean, if you're a teenager, it's an easy mistake to make. So, oh, it's fair enough. Like, yeah. I can't blame. <laughs> like, I can't kind of blame the ghostwriters for repeating <laughs> the same joke, basically. Um, but on the way out, uh, Jessica thinks she sees Brett queuing to get in to the next screening. Hmm. 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 Yes, she thinks she must have been mistaken because she's so so. Uh, frazzled basically by trying to to keep the pretense up for everything and she's like no that wouldn't have been Brett's style it definitely wasn't it of course there couldn't be anything going on and Brett couldn't be living a lie like me (laughs) (laughs) and Pierre asks her if she'd like some cappuccino but we're told if there was one thing she hated it was coffee and I seem to remember that by the time they moved on to the very unsuccessful Sweet Valley High senior year they were all like drinking Java down the coffee dock or something. So I think oh. that was the difference with this with the, the coffee drinking nineties. They, they had to liven things up a bit. That's gas. So on Thursday in the cafeteria, Liz uh is is blowing in its mind. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Liz is continuing her her adventurous uh, spontaneity oh journey. And thinks she's gonna she's gonna sit at a different table today. What? Oh, yes. <laughs> this is serious, people. <laughs> well, she asks Enid, "What do you think I could do to be more spontaneous?" And Enid rightly points out, first of all, you can't plan to be spontaneous. That's a contradiction in terms. <laughs> <laughs> and Liz admits that's her problem. She's uh, she just has to you know plan everything, and she doesn't like you know acting off uh, just on a whim. And she obviously this course of action was long overdue, she thinks. And Enid wishes her luck, but she doesn't take it seriously. Mm. But she will learn. <laughs> Liz is going wild. Then I'll see. Certainly will. We cut to Thursday night and Jessica is getting into probably the best outfit, actually, of the whole book. Yes. Uh, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> Uh, because she and Brett are going to a club called Jack's with an X. Ooh. And Liz says, isn't that one of those places where people throw themselves off the stage into the crowd? It's like, come on, grandma. Like, it's stage diving. It's like you're 16, not 106. You don't have to do it, but I got, I don't know what, it's the fact she thinks it's some sort of crazy outlandish behaviour. <laughs> you know, you know things are truly wild if you go to a club where people throw themselves off the stage. Oh, no. <laughs> well, Jess admits uh, to herself that being two people is kind of wearing her out without any stage driving, but she can't quit because there's another dance coming up in a week. Oh, Jesus. Of uh, course there is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And she still hasn't decided who she wants to go with and tells herself that if she gives them a few more dates, she'll know which one she wants. I mean, neither of them seem like much cop. 
No, very true. Also, it's like a Valentine's Day dance, isn't it? So we actually get like a point of actual time that we can pinpoint. Like it's probably February. (laughs) But who knows? They'll be going off on a summer break next week. So don't don't (laughs) set your clocks by it, listeners. No. Uh, so yeah she sets off and she hopes that Brett isn't too cool for Miller's point then we, we don't ever find out if she uh, got some action yeah they don't actually tell us about that date yeah, they don't also like they seem to be going on these very chaste little silent outings so very much so a lot yeah. of sexual chemistry going on <laughs> um, so Friday Liz is at home when Alice answers the phone to someone looking for magenta I cannot believe this does take this long for this to happen and <laughs> when Liz tells Jess, she's like, oh shit, I missed a call and decides she's going to give him Lila's number so she Lila can field her calls for her in the future. And Liz wonders how long she can keep this up. <laughs> and uh, the answer is, I don't know, probably about another week, I think. I mean, at best, yeah, it is not sustainable in any shape or form. No. And it really isn't, as this book shows. Yeah. Then we cut to Saturday morning and Liz is finishing A Tale of Two Cities and then says, Jess should read it. I know she'd really like it. As my notes say, which is absolute bollocks. I, <laughs> I love that book. I read it when I was a teenager. Got me very into like French Revolution. Cried at the end. But Jessica is not... First of all, Jessica would, I, would not identify with either revolutionaries or anybody who wasn't like a, a French a, a French aristocrat who somehow got away with things. And uh, secondly, <laughs> she would not read a 19th century novel. Very true. Ever. And I, I, I feel insulted by the ghostwriter for suggesting that Liz would believe, believe this to be the case. <laughs> and as for Jess, she's still asleep. She's worn out after all her dates. It's very tiring, all this pretense. <laughs> that is true. Uh, so Liz, apparently she's meant to be going to the mall with Liz to get the, the famous uh, perfect dress. Oh, yes, the dress for the dance. Mm. Yes. But uh, Liz comes back to tell her there's a phone call for her. It's Pierre. He's asking her for another date that night. Whoa. Yeah. So, but she's still on the phone to him when Liz leaves because Liz is like, I can't wait around all day. You are never going to get your act together. As usual. <laughs> she doesn't say that. I just think it. Uh, meanwhile, over in Fowler Crest, there's a phone call. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, because... Uh... The magenta line is now basically um, <laughs> Lila's uh, phone. So poor Lila gets woken up by uh, by a phone call and it's obviously somebody looking for magenta and she's like, oh God, what? Oh yes, uh, magenta's not here right now, but I can take a message. So Brett uh, wants to know if magenta can join him for a concert he's got tickets for a concert that night and he says look if i don't hear from her i'll pick her up at 6 15 so we can eat first and lila's like yeah grand uh, i'll tell her 6 15 so she kind of tries to ring jess immediately but the phone is busy yeah so in fairness she did try multiple times she does try a good few times yeah, yeah. and it's like it sounds like a right pain in the arse for lila to have to try and track jess down so I she's know. like look i said i'd take the message i've done that i'm not fucking spending my day trying to find her so yeah. she's done she's done as much as could be expected in fairness exactly <laughs> meanwhile liz is over at the mall uh <laughs> on her way to get the dress mm. she sees sees a sign outside a uh venue <laughs> or, or a, 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 a business Called Sheer Glover, spelled S H E A R. 
And I might Hell, ta- yes. I might take this opportunity to say, speaking of hair puns, that my sister's first film, my sister Rachel, wrote and directed her first feature film, and it is going to be the closing gala screening of the 2021 Dublin International Film Festival in March. So cool. And it is Session of Hairdressers. It is a black comedy about uh, hairdressers turned vigilantes, and it's all about... Uh, uh, gentrification and class solidarity and it's very funny and um it is called deadly cuts <laughs> and that is the name of the salon in it and uh the tagline on the poster says i think it's combing soon <laughs> it's a great poster i highly recommend looking it up <laughs> yes and if you're in dublin when the tickets go out for the film festival, I strongly recommend going. Uh, so, yes, I, I fully approve of sheer glamour. <laughs> I'm not sure I approve of their contradictory new procedure that they're offering. Can you tell us about it? <laughs> so, yes, there's a sign up in the window um, that reads, New temporary two-week perms, $20 special today. Now Liz's chance, it's Liz's chance to go wild. Uh, oh Jesus! And the stylist tells her it's like a test drive to see if you want a permanent perm. Do they know what a perm stands for? I was gonna say, isn't perm short for permanent? permanent <laughs> What's way? happening here? Yes. Am I losing my mind? I thought the same thing. I was like, right, if you want a permanent perm, what? What? <laughs> it's a permanent permanent way. <laughs> this is just a temporary permanent way. Yes. <laughs> well, Liz decides to go for it, even though the stylist is saying, are you sure about this? <laughs> oh, it's a bad sign. You have to sign a waiver. Sign a waiver before getting this perm. Yeah. It's standard practice. <laughs> so when she, afterwards, so pleased with it, uh, she heads to Lisette's where she meets Lila, who is, who literally gasps at the sight of this. <laughs> That's right. So, um, yeah, Liz is like, oh, what do you think? And it's like a little spin around. Uh, it's like Elizabeth's hair was naturally wavy, but now it was positively curly, bobbing around her head like a golden halo. <laughs> See, I'm wondering, does it look like Bernadette Peters? Good. Ooh. Or Vera Duckworth? Not good. Mm. <laughs> could go either way. It could. But then again, with the cover, their hair, the twins' hair on the cover is markedly curlier than it usually is like usually they do have the soft waves yeah on the cover it is actually quite curly so i think that's meant to imply this is what what's happened to her hair yeah i think i I sort of when they talk about this golden halo i was imagining it being a bit more sort of tight curls um, golden halo sounds very round all right yes. yeah. um so i like to I'm, I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt and think for as bernadette peters maybe in in annie in uh where she played a striking role and, Sounds good. Uh, Vera Duckworth of Coronation Street is the alternative. <laughs> so uh, I think we'll, we'll let her be Bernadette. And uh, she's 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 happy with it. And Nyla's like, it's different. Oh, God. <laughs> it's never a good sign. No. <laughs> so she gives the message for Magenta. And Liz realises that this um, arrangement with Brett clashes with the date with Pierre. Uh-oh. And Lila doesn't see what Liz is getting worked up about it. And she says, and this is, I mean, Liz should take this advice. She goes, it's her problem, not yours. And Lila says, or Liz says, Lila, Jessica's problems always have a way of turning into my problems. That's true, Lila agreed. Like, (laughs) this is an opportunity for you to learn a lesson, Liz. To stand up to her. See, 
Lila is imparting some wisdom here. Like Jessica's problems are not your problems. Yes. Just fucking drop her in the shit and let her learn a lesson for once in her life. Oh my God. <laughs> if only. <laughs> so Liz gets home and she finds Jessica studying art history for her next date. She is doing more work than I did when I was an actual art history student at university. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just somehow impress Pierre. I, I, was, I was not studying on Saturday nights when I was in college. And apparently oh Jessica is for uh, learning up uh, about the Impressionists. Um, yeah, like she's doing more work on this than she does in school, or at least that we see her doing anyway. Oh, much more. I mean, it's not even, yeah. it's, she's she's committed to when it's uh, her horn dog uh, colleagues. That's, yeah, it's a hell of a motivation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess whatever gets you... It never gets you through the week, Jess, but <laughs> I'm not sure. I think you could spread your horizons a bit further. And so she uh, she shrieks when she sees Liz's hair, but then says she's proud of her because she took a risk. She did. She also says uh, it's so different. It's like this is the second person in a matter of hours to say it's different. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's distracted uh, when Liz gives her the message, says that she has a message from Brett. And we're told that Jess smiled happily, thinking of the good looking rocker. <laughs> <laughs> but the smile vanishes when she hears what Brett's message actually is because she's lost Uh-oh. his number and she can't cancel. Oh, no. <gasps> What could possibly go wrong? Oh, jeez. <laughs> so later, Liz is admiring herself in the new dress and uh, Jess comes in and Liz thinks her sister had a look at her face that could only be described as scheming. <laughs> her <usual> <laughs> like, when, that is her default mode. Yeah. Is and Jess reminds her that Liz owes her for splitting the cost of the dress. I told you, she never does anything without an ulterior motive. This is not <laughs> so sweet. <laughs> and yeah, she's got a scheme. Can you tell us what the I mean, scheme is? Because it's fucking yes, stupid. Of course it is. You can see it coming a mile away. And of course yes. it's a terrible idea. So uh, <laughs> she says she can't cancel on Pierre. And she, you know, as in she doesn't want to cancel on Pierre, basically. And she actually mm. can't cancel Brett because she doesn't mm. have his number. So her <laughs> grand scheme is for... Uh, her to go as magenta for Liz to dress up as Daniela um, and like that alone is is risky enough but yes. what she's actually going to do is for them oh every 15 minutes they're going to meet in the bathroom yeah they're going to go to the same restaurant just to simplify things some bit yeah. um, every 15 minutes or so you and I can trade places that way I can keep talking about things I've already done with them the guys will never know the difference it's <laughs> like, so I, I mean they don't know the difference uh, well, they don't, but it's so stre- like it sounds so stressful. It's like Point. you know the scene in the uh, towards the end of Mrs. Doubtfire when he's having to have like the two dinners. <laughs> like I can't watch that scene because it stresses me out so much. And just reading this, I was like, oh Christ, I am not going to be able for this like at all. I can't cope. Like changing every fifteen minutes, I'm just you're killing me. No, <laughs> actually, maybe no wonder it sounds Liz over the edge because it really does. <laughs> And I think yeah. they could have, considering how little these people talk on their tedious dates, they could have gone away with just one of them being Daniela and one of them being Magenta the whole time. That's it. It's not like they've actually, yeah, like interacted a huge amount that they're going to know have all these Lynn jokes or anything. Like <laughs> exactly. literally Liz could just sit there, mention a bit of French cinema and it'll be grand. Like, <laughs> Well, they've, Jessica has really thought it out because she decides that they'll wear the same sort of base of an outfit 
Mm. Can, we, can I say what it is? Does this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, yeah, this, this is it's it's plot uh, driven kind of. Outdoors. Okay. Yeah. Can you share what their uh, sort of their the, the base of their uh, ensembles are? Yes. So yes, the basic outfit is black leotards and black skirts. Mm. Uh, there's a black. They must wear black tops as well, though, because that's what they have on on the cover. I and, think when uh, they say so, leotard, they mean like a body. Oh, you're right. Yes, of course. So yeah. I think it is just a black top. Yes. Okay. And the uh, yes, and the skirt. Underneath. So making all their multiple trips to the bathroom very difficult. That's true. <laughs> so yeah, Jess is going to start out with uh, Magenta's jewellery layered on top of the little black ensemble. And uh, uh, Liz is going to wear Daniela's accessories. So that includes the, the grey cropped jacket and a beret. Mm. So, so this is how they're going to work this. And the beret will cover the streak in uh, Ooh, yes. that uh, Magenta's trademark streak that they both have to have That's in their right. hair. So yeah, they'll both have the little blue stripe in their hair. Yeah. So yeah, they'll have to just stuff it under the beret when they're uh, as Daniela. And also Jess is going to get the hot rollers out in case you were wondering, well, what about the perm? <laughs> so Liz, as ever, a sap, protests for five seconds at most and then just gives in. Because that's <laughs> how she rolls. So Pierre arrives and Liz is up first as Daniela. And so as arranged with Jess, she suggests they go to a Chinese restaurant called the Lotus House because apparently it has two totally separate dining rooms. So they'll each be able to, you know, set up in in separate spaces. (laughs) And then Pierre agrees that that's okay, that's great. And then starts banging on about, oh, San Francisco is the best Chinese cuisine outside of the People's Republic, of course. And... um, Elizabeth smiles, but privately she was offended. It was pretty snobbish to criticise the restaurant he had ju- she had just asked to go to. True. Mm. And she wondered if he was always like that. And if he was, how Jessica could like him. Also, a good point. Very true, yes. So yeah, he just sort of name drops and boasts all the way. And Liz is not impressed. <laughs> and uh, they reach the restaurant and Liz manages to distract him when she sees Jess and Brett, uh, uh, Jess and Brett arrive. But she's still unimpressed by his just clanking on about his French adventures and then she asks him about Paris and uh, his response is not what one might expect again (laughs) he is extremely dim yes uh yeah because Liz asks him oh do you spend much time in Paris she she asked trying to look interested (laughs) Pierre goes "Mm," he nodded as he took a sip of water I love the Riviera I spent most of my childhood there (laughs) So yeah, naturally Liz is staring at him blankly and she's like, Paris isn't on the Riviera. Whereas Jess, I suppose, was second guessing herself so much. Yeah. Liz is like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and Pierre lets out an awkward, goes, what? Uh, oh, what I mean was I spent most of my childhood going back and forth between Paris and the Riviera. And Liz goes, just smiles. But inwardly, she was very sceptical. And if she didn't know better, she would think Pierre didn't know what he was talking about. Why do you think if you didn't know better? It's clear he didn't know what he was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Very true. So the meal goes on and she realises there's just something a bit off about him. Um, And when he asks about the film, she says she has to run off to make a phone call. Uh, (laughs) So that's the first excuse. Um, she's not so eager to make it look like she has a uh, stomach issue from that way <laughs> or UTI or something yes. <laughs> so Jess joins with the loo and as my notes say is delighted with herself yet again <laughs> that's ever she really is and there's a great bit when they're sort of swapping their bits and bobs and a woman comes in sees them and is just like 
Yep. What else would I see in the loo? Okay. I'm hey. just going to go about my business here. Just identical twins, straight in clothes. Totally fine. I mean, <laughs> Not you, getting involved. If you're from Sweet Valley, you've probably seen this scene quite a few times. <laughs> That's true. So uh, Jess tells her that she and, and Brett were talking about ancient bands like the Beatles. So <laughs> when Liz joins Brett, there's another awkward silence. Then she just goes, what's your favourite old band? <laughs> <laughs> and he seems relieved when the waiter interrupts him. Um, so That's, you know, yeah. so he doesn't want to be uh, questioned too much. Mm. And Liz orders a ginger chicken so she can have the same meal all night. And when she brings the subject up again, it's she mentions the doors, and Brett says something about them. Yeah, I love sympathy for the devil. And <laughs> Liz is confused. Thinks. First Pierre thinks Paris is on the Riviera and now Brecht mix up, mixes up classic songs even I know about. <laughs> oh God. But Brecht, it's kind of, Brecht is kind of cracking here. They, yeah, they both crack pretty quickly oh, yeah. in fairness. Or just, they're just not very good. I mean, at least Jess put in the effort, did her homework, mm. you know, had some references she could pull out of her arse, but uh, but these lads just made no effort whatsoever. It's like. very true. I mean, but, like there was Jess reading giant history of art books, whereas Pierre doesn't even know that Paris isn't on the French Riviera. Pierre. Just just throw an eye over a map, Pierre. Like yeah. you don't have to make a fucking conspiracy wall like Jess did, but you know, <laughs> just have a scan of an atlas, yeah, a school geography book. Like you don't yeah. have to be drawing, you know, learning how to draw rivers, but like. Figure out where where is where. Would you pretend <laughs> to be from the fucking country? I mean, really? Like, yeah. Put the put a bit of work in, Pierre. Just a little bit. Yeah. Well, uh, Liz is is baffled by all this. Um, but Brett is like starts to say something like, "Look, I have to tell you something." But then Liz like times up and runs off without bothering to think of an excuse. <laughs> she's just like I'll be right back I want to and she just kind of walks off and goes I'll be right back it's like I can't be arsed with this <laughs> I think like the worm has turned about time but you know I mean I think she could have chosen another occasion to uh, to finally crack under Jess's nonsense because this isn't the worst <laughs> thing by a long shot that Jess, she's done for Jess very true um, but yeah, she's pretty riled up and she says both of these guys are total morons I don't know how you can like either one of them harsh <laughs> words Jess I mean Liz very much so <laughs> yeah. but uh, Jess is horrified to hear this oh she pleads with her yes she's like you promised me and I think did she, she start crying oh no tears sprang to her mm. eyes she's like I've worked so hard I really need you and she has worked at it in fairness to her <laughs> but she thinks if guilt failed there was always plain begging please <laughs> And Liz, again, ever the sap, gives in immediately. Like, I just don't understand why she's getting so angry that it's like, oh, gosh. So yeah. they swap over, just all annoyed because she hates ginger chicken. Uh, so she should have thought of that when she, um, you know, she she could have arranged what they would eat beforehand. So I have no sympathy for her. Um, no. but, but Brett is totally silent and... Yeah, it's really awkward again. And then when Brett tries to say, look, there's something we need to talk about, she runs off and he says, Are you going to the <laughs> Are you going to the ladies' room again? Colour flare to Jessica's cheeks. Yeah, it's, it's kind of personal, she said. Do you mind? <laughs> and I, I said, I'd say, is this big scene based on people thinking that Jessica has the shits? Because I'm <laughs> 
<laughs> it's so cringy. <laughs> like, they, I mean, 15 minutes, they could have made it a bit longer. I know, like, it's so frequent that, like, yeah, this, there's something up with this woman. She has some kind of health issues right now. <laughs> well, when Jess reaches the loo, Liz is in a rage and says, this is the most humiliating thing she's ever done. And I find that very hard to believe. Yeah, that doesn't track at all. Liz is, like, <laughs> Jessica has done way worse things than this. So I don't understand why this is sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back. It's, it's <laughs> like she has to sit with some boring people. Like she's put herself in danger for Jess's nonsense before. Very true. Yeah, she, she got stuffed into the boot of a car not too recently as well. Yes. Like, like yes, this is the most humiliating thing she's ever done. <laughs> <laughs> this is too far. <laughs> so she's really cracked because she says, yeah, I think Pierre is a big fake and I told him so. He's never been to France in his life. He's just making everything up. Like, <laughs> Jess is understandably quite enraged about this uh, and we're told it took a lot to make Elizabeth angry when she reached her limit everyone around her knew it I mean apparently this is the limit I would have thought it would have arrived a long time ago you would think yeah uh, so Jess goes back to Pierre who's sort of a deflated man and he literally says you were right and instead of realising he's telling the truth Jess is just like oh, Liz has wrecked things with him she better not fuck up things with Brett too Oh God! She's got no emotional attachment to either of them. None whatsoever. It's just like she needs someone to go to the dance with, basically. <laughs> and it's going to be one of these two saps. Yeah. So they obviously head off because she's there when Liz arrives home. And uh, again, Liz bangs on about how Jess humiliated her somehow. And I, I don't blame Liz for being annoyed because this, this event was nothing more than it, it should have been expected to be. But Liz is acting like she was sort of tricked into something horrendous. Whereas, like, you knew you were going to go for a date with these two boring men who aren't your type. And you did. Like, yeah. how are you? And you knew it was going to be terrible. And it was. Yeah. How are you humiliated? Like, um, I don't, I actually can't believe I'm, I'm not defending Jessica. But <laughs> however. However, I don't think she had the right to tell um, both Brett and Pierre. Because it turns out she told Brett. That she thought they were big fakes. And yeah. <laughs> but I would say, what's got into her? Because Jessica points out, who gave you the right to decide? Um, yeah. So, yeah, she storms off. And Liz thinks, which is fair enough, how many times has had Jess decided certain couples should be split up or forced together? Elizabeth mm-hmm. had lost track. <laughs> it's true yeah like Jess is always inserting herself and trying to break people up so maybe she has this coming and we shouldn't feel too bad for her <laughs> I don't really feel bad but I just feel I, it's Liz is being slightly ridiculous in this case true yeah um, but she decides to make amends but like, her plan to make amends is also fucking stupid so <laughs> so she gets uh, Brett's number um, and we can see she's she's going to get in touch with him so we cut I guess the next day to the tennis court where Jess is uh, playing a, a vicious match with Cara. Yeah, we haven't seen Cara in a while, I feel like. No, I was thinking that. Um, but she notices somebody over by the water fountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's uh, some hot guy that she doesn't know uh, is hanging out by the water. Yes. Yeah, apparently he's been watching uh, watching the pair of them. Well, I say watching the pair of them, watching Jessica, of yes. course. Cara says, <laughs> he is a hunk and he's definitely <laughs> watching you. <laughs> so uh, yeah she heads to the water fountain and is like oh excuse me and um, this guy up close is about four inches than she was not that tall I mean oh, she thinks she's no, really tall true. he's like <laughs> five foot ten I mean 
that's not. Uh, I would have like. I would have thought she'd think that was um, not tall enough for. Her. I don't know. She's she's always talking about the, the her victims being uh, being tall. <laughs> so, but apparently yeah, that's true. She's spreading the net wider these days. And yeah, well. <laughs> She's open at the criteria somehow, I mean. True. Um, so yeah, he has straight blonde hair and a dimple in his chin and they flirt in a typically stupid Sweet Valley way and he says his name is Tony Mangino. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying he's OTG. I'm not saying he's not. Indeed. So uh, yeah, we're told that Jessica loved being free and easy with boys. You can say that again. <laughs> Nothing we don't know. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, she's happy without the stress of Daniela and Magenta. So she's basically gone over it all very quickly. And yeah. Tony asks for her number and she returns and tells Kara this. And Kara says, you're a real pro. Again, you can say that again. <laughs> And they head to the Dairy Burger and she tells Kara that her dates probably thought she had some kind of disease the way she kept going to the bathroom. <laughs> and when they get to the Dairy Burger, who should they see but Dana? And uh, yes, yeah, she has a request. Uh, yeah. She does, yeah. Uh, Dana needs to get the stuff back uh, that, uh, that Jess has loaned her. Or that she has loaned Jess. Um, because, uh, yeah, like both Dana and Suzanne were so fucking generous. Like they've both just given Jessica loads of stuff oh my uh, God. of theirs. Yeah. But um, but Jess is just so like, oh, I don't feel like uh, taking her stuff back today. Oh, I can't be arsed. She's like, she just makes up something about how she's expecting a call from her grandmother who's in hospital. When like, she's just too lazy to pack it up and drive to Dana. So she's like, oh, you call over to me and uh, I'll give it back to you then. Like, she's such a fucking wagon. And it literally says, we're not even projecting here our own negative opinion. It says, the truth is, was that she was just too lazy. Yeah, that's what's in the book. <laughs> they are not wrong. So she calls yeah. Suzanne and says, oh, you asks her to collect them too because she realises she doesn't uh, have to, you know, give any, make any effort for the people who are so extraordinarily generous. Again, <laughs> it's like, I don't need the stuff anymore. Bored with this project. Come and get it. Yeah. Uh, so later, Liz is feeling worried about all her scheming, but then she looks out and she sees Jessica literally skipping into the house. <laughs> Um, all thoughts of her bad dates are forgotten and before Liz could explain what she's done the doorbell rings who could it be? well Jessica assumes it's probably Suzanne or Dana because she's like well they have to stop by and pick up all their junk like so rude (laughs) (laughs) but uh, Jess opens the door to find Pierre standing (gasps) there but he's uh, he's looking different oh yes that's true yeah she kind of doesn't really notice it at first but she's like oh there's something there is something different about him but um, yeah, so instead of like the preppy, polished Pierre that she was used to, uh, it's a more slick, trendy version of him mm. where his hair is combed differently and he's wearing black jeans and a t-shirt instead of khakis and an Ox- Oxford cloth shirt. <laughs> black jeans, what? Oh my God. <laughs> and he has a confession. Oh man, yes. <laughs> Pierre says, my real name is Pete. Pete Lake. Ah. And I'm not like that at all. Not like Pierre. I don't like classical music. I've never been to France. He's like, I read all that stuff in books. I just made it up to impress you. (laughs) You didn't read that much stuff in books. You didn't even know where Paris is. sure did. Yeah, he admits he wants to meet a more sophisticated girl. And uh, Mm. Jess is amused. And then somebody else turns up. 
Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Liz's terrible plan is becoming clear when oh. uh, Brett is also standing in the doorway looking for magenta. Yeah, by the way, <laughs> why did she tell them to come at the same time? Why did she think that I would know. help? So stupid. <laughs> well, uh, she notices that Brett looks different, like he's going boating or something. <gasps> Oh my God, they were both pretending to be the opposite of what they actually are. Are you going to save his <laughs> extremely tedious outfit until uh, the outfits? No, let's, no, we'll, we'll get this fucking out of okay, the way because the rest on. of the stuff is so much better. Yes. Uh, so yeah, he's wearing chinos, of course. Uh, with them, he was wearing a bright blue polo shirt <gasps> and brown boat shoes. Oh my <laughs> God. The least yeah. attractive form of clothing. Really? So yeah, he's like, this is what I usually look like. I was pretending to be the kind of rock and roller you like, but I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> True. You're dressed like a South Dublin uh, rugby school's child. <laughs> Dickhead. <Yes. laughs> Very true. So uh, yes, that's the that's the real Brett. And he admits that that was uh, him at the cinema when she asks. Um, so really isn't a fancy French films. Oh, God. Um, and speaking of, of French things, add the French farce vibe we've got going on. Who should turn up <laughs> but Dana and Suzanne? <laughs> this is it like it's so ridiculous because she's trying to keep uh, Pete and Brett in separate rooms like away from each other so they mm. like each of them don't know the other is also in the house oh so, so then yes, Dana, Dana and Suzanne turn up together but uh, Dana's like hi we pulled up at the same time Suzanne gave Dana a haughty look <gasps> just by chance she added obviously Suzanne didn't want anyone to think she would go anywhere deliberately with someone as funky as Dana like <laughs> what the fuck is this like you should be so fucking lucky that dana would want to go somewhere with you you bitch oh my notes say that very thing (laughs) dream on suzanne i take back everything i said about you being nice or not nice but like not terrible (laughs) so yeah liz the big idiot pops down sort of hopeful expression on her face about her peacemaking scheme like what did she think was going to happen with both of them turning up at the same time such a stupid plan. So yeah. Jess is angry at her her dates for being fakes, and this is like literally they did what you did. In fact, at least they gave their <laughs> they didn't give their real names. Uh slash Pierre didn't. Um at least it was linked mm. to his name. But like Jenna <laughs> Daniela. <laughs> and Jess, of course, then naturally is all defensive and claims it's not the same, but then realizes it is. And uh then admits yeah. she met someone new at the tennis courts today and uh, quote I like him a lot better I don't really care what those guys think anymore <laughs> she's <laughs> so fickle <laughs> so fickle like I'm done with this absolutely <laughs> ridiculous but then she yeah. goes downstairs and the house seems to be empty then she goes out to the pool and what should she find there <laughs> Well, the whole gang has gotten together in the meantime because they were fed up with sitting around in empty rooms, I guess. So, uh, so yeah, so Dana, Suzanne, Pete and Brett are all chatting out the back yes, in the yard. Yes, uh, the two lads realise that um, Jessica is both Daniela and uh, Magenta and they're just like, hang on, sorry, so are you, are you, what's your name? Like, what is going on? And Jessica just goes, just an idea I had, she explained, sinking into a chair. She sent one of her most dazzling smiles to Brett and Pete. No offence. Inexplicably, they just accept this absolute bullshit. But like, she was dating both of them at the same time under fake personalities as well. And uh, it's just like, just an idea I had. That's a perfectly normal thing to do. And oh, yeah, the, God. 
Yeah, no, no proper explanation needed, but I suppose they're both sufficiently distracted by mm. Suzanne and Dana because, of course, like Suzanne is perfect for the guy who's actually preppy yes. and kind of fancy. Brett, yeah. I'm confused now. So Brett is the actual preppy guy. <laughs> so then Pete and Dana are uh, hitting it off uh, and all getting on great as well. So, yeah, it yeah. turns out Suzanne <laughs> and Brett are both going to the Altshuler Gallery this afternoon. So they're kindred spirits. Ooh. And then, uh, yeah, the quote, two newly formed couples left the house. That was quick. They're like couples already. That was quick. But it's also it's also unusual for one of Jessica's schemes to like, you know, A, not ruin anyone's lives and B, actually make couples happen. Like, get I people that, together. That part, That's never that usually the end accidental. <laughs> yeah, true. And Liz comes in and is like, where's everything gone? Jessica says, it's a long story, but it has a happy ending. Oh, I mean, you've still worked your way through all the Sweet Valley High guys, Jess. So... I don't know how <laughs> good Tony Mangino is going to be for long. <laughs> I don't Ooh. see him lasting anyway, that's for sure. Uh, later, Liz gets ready for the dance in her truly spectacular dress. And she mm-hmm. thinks it looks perfect, but the problem is her hair. Yeah. Oh no. She says, I just can't get used to it. She's trying clipping it back with barrettes, but even they don't work. <gasps> Even the barrettes won't do the job. Also, they reassure us that it's not that she didn't look pretty. She just didn't feel like Elizabeth oh, Wakefield because God forbid she wouldn't be fucking no. spectacularly God beautiful. God forbid she actually <laughs> did look like Vera Duckworth. I mean. <laughs> so she admits she just really wanted to be more adventurous. But Jess says, face it, you just aren't the adventurous type. Which, you know, no one really wants Ooh. to hear that. Um no. And then Todd arrives and Liz asks, it turns out she literally hadn't mentioned her hair at all. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it's been about a week. That is quite bad. That's uh, awkward. And yeah. she asks if he likes it and he's like, uh, no, I think it looks nice. <laughs> like, it must just look like shit, though, because if it did look good, people would say, oh, that's deadly. It really suits yeah. you. You look great. Everyone's just going, it's different. Interesting. <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> like, she can still be pretty with her hair looking True. like shit, let's face it. Oh, and well. it must oh, well, but Obviously, she's always looking pretty. Um, but yeah, yeah. they uh, they head off and she says she, she wants to be more like Jessica. And he's just like, he literally stops dead in his tracks. <laughs> Can you blame him? The poor fucker probably has PTSD over her. <laughs> Todd had to, or Elizabeth had to laugh at the nervousness in his voice. Like, it's not that funny that your sister's been such a psychopath that your boyfriend is kind of terrified of how terrible she is and hates her. <laughs> and then he says, sexiest words ever, you're so comfortable. Fucking hell. Oh. You make me feel so relaxed. Oh, that grim. is not what you want to hear from your boyfriend when you're 16. And no. you're only just back together. Like two minutes ago, they were just dry humping all over the school. Oh, God. True. You're so comfortable. Like what? A fucking oh, sofa? Like, get no. out of here. And then when they reach oh. the dance and the others comment on her hair, uh, Todd says, about, oh, you know, she wants to be more adventurous. And they were like, what? No, Liz. Um, says, you're the person <laughs> in school we depend on to be sane. Don't you start doing crazy things. And then Bruce says, leave the adventures to Jessica, Liz. Or who else? Who's going to bail her out? Good point. Like, how come that isn't another warning flag going, yeah, do you know what? That could be my big personality change is that I'd stop bailing her out whenever she fucks things up through her own selfishness. (laughs) 
Um, so oh, Liz and Todd hit the dance floor, but Liz is fuming inside. Oh, yeah, yeah. she's fed up with this shit and thinks, I'm going to show them, yeah. I'm show them all. Which could sound like she's going to go on a killing spree, <laughs> but no. <laughs> oh, God, no. She thinks Elizabeth at Wakefield had a few surprises inside her, she thought. Just wait and see. That does sound very sinister. Oh, yeah. And can you read us out, please? Yeah, okay. So what will Elizabeth do to show her friends she's not so predictable? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 63, the new oh. Elizabeth. And that was <laughs> Who's Who? Oh my God, that was so, so good. <laughs> I didn't even care that there was no appearance for <gasps> Mr. Collins. Oh my God, you're right. That didn't even occur to me either. I was so wrapped up in all the shenanigans. I just realised when I came to the end, I was like, hang on, was it? No, he wasn't. So didn't even know. That's how good it was. So that is uh, quite spectacular. Yeah. And speaking of spectacular, (laughs) do you have some stats and outfits? I know you do. You know I do. (laughs) So, okay. The Blondness got seven mentions, which amazing. Oh, that's been a while. It's been a while. (laughs) Now, it has. We've had, we've, it's been a while since we've had big numbers. Now, the blue-green eyes only got two mentions, yeah. but considering there were fucking no mentions the last time around, at least we're back on somewhat more familiar you. territory. Uh, people blush 13 oh, holy times. Shit. It's a lot wow. of blushing, but it's mostly because everyone's lying through their teeth and almost getting caught like the, and the entire way through. And to have some sort of horrible form of diarrhea. <laughs> <laughs> that too. <laughs> So yeah, uh, a lot of that going on, a lot of lot of uh, cheeks reddening and spots of colour mm. appearing. Um, and, you know, obviously, as we've been alluding to, the, the outfits are nothing short oh, of spectacular. Goodness, I, I need to fan <laughs> myself before this. Yeah. I know, I'm lightheaded Go just on. thinking about it. <laughs> okay, so Liz's dress mm. for the dance um, that she buys in Lisette's. It's a strapless <gasps> dress made of a shimmery fabric that looked Blue from one angle and green oh, from another. <laughs> sounds, it sounds genuinely amazing. I love that kind of colour combo. Fucking yeah, oh, shimmery peacock. baby. So good. Um, okay, so let's see. Then there is the mm. Daniela outfit. Yeah. For, oh, yes, her Lucille Blues <laughs> look. <laughs> for the first date. That's oh, nice. unreal. So obviously there's the cream oh. silk blouse because where would you be without a silk blouse? She teams it uh, with navy blue <laughs> linen pants. Uh, a red bag belonging to Suzanne, blue suede flats, and then what really tips it over into um, yes. country club territory is the silk, the silk <laughs> scarf in red, blue, and gold that gets tied around her neck. <laughs> what a sixteen-year-old dresses like this! It's madness. Oh, unhinged. Uh, well, her other Daniela outfit then is a blue jacket and white linen skirt. Mm. So a lot of like blue and white. Uh, she wears uh, pearl stud earrings as well with that mm, look. <laughs> so glamorous. She's really running with just like the French uh, flag <laughs> colours. Um, oh, I wonder if that's <laughs> I don't know, but that's just what keeps happening. <laughs> um, so then for Magenta, uh, for her first date out at the rock spot, what? she wears tight black bicycle <gasps> pants, uh, a black tank top, <laughs> black bangles but then uh, a red leather jacket that belongs to Lila and fantastically Dana's earrings which are of course, of course. guitar picks oh I love it so much 
<laughs> so good. Um, okay, then her other magenta outfit, which is the one that we were very excited about. Um, <laughs> she she wriggles into a blue strapless mini dress and fastened a necklace of dice and tiddlywinks around her neck. In among the clicking pieces were Scrabble tiles that spelled out hard rock. Oh my God, so amazing. <laughs> so good. But that is like, I had like a necklace made of tiny dice when I was in college and I was just like, oh shit, this is 100% something that I would have worn. You are Magenta Galaxy. <gasps> oh, you were a So you could have been going to Jack's. Did you, did you throw yourself <laughs> off a stage? Not off a stage ever, but I have been known to frequent a moth pit or two in my younger days. I mean, when I was in my teens, if you didn't come back from a gig with like bruises all the way up your legs, you hadn't lived. Indeed. That's it. Um, Okay, so then to Dana. Uh, Dana wears four thick black bangles Mm. on each arm. They went perfectly with her skin-tight black pants, black and white checked (gasps) shoes and lime green t-shirt. Like, uh, and in one ear, she's wearing a guitar pick dangling from a silver wire because she's just the fucking coolest. I just imagine her looking like she's in the go-go's. She's just, I love her. Oh, it's pure gem in the holograms. Like, that's, oh, such her buzz. Um, And then there was one more thing of Dana's. Uh, I think this is when she turns up at the house, maybe. Um, Dana greets her. She's got two New York City subway tokens dangling from her ears. <laughs> oh, you you broke up in my microphone for a second or in my ears for a second. Can you repeat that outfit, please? I can, of so course. She- yes. So Dana turns up at one point wearing two New York City subway tokens oh, dangling from her ears. Brilliant. <laughs> I, I mean, yes. <laughs> Worth repeating. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> I mean, can you, is that, is that it? Can you, can that be topped? I don't think it can. Like you can't top Dana. That's just, that's just not how it works. So yeah, that's, uh, that's all the uh, amazing outfits. And oh my God, like talk about oh, rich picking. Really? That is the, they are the best outfits in any book. Oh, uh, by far. Yeah. So listeners, did you enjoy Who's Who as much as we did? And uh, let us know what your favourite <laughs> outfits were. Would you have donned Dana's uh, striking ensembles? Or are you more a Chino's <laughs> kind of person? <laughs> or uh, Lucille? Are you a Daniela? Are you a Daniela oh, or a Magenta? that's another poll for the Instagram page. <laughs> Big time. <laughs> There's been some good polls there. We had the battle of the condescending Liz head pats or shoulder pats. Uh, the winner was, of course, alone in the crowd. By yes. a landslide. There could yes. be no other. I mean, I would have been quite of outrage if it hadn't no. been. Um, and uh, yeah there's going to be more polls in the future we've um, been sharing a lot of those ins- those uh, photo- photos that James Matthews used for his uh, for his creations and Karen's been making some amazing graphics and uh, speaking of amazing <laughs> graphics we have been considering maybe creating some Teespring t-shirts so let us know if you'd be up for some maybe an Oracle t-shirt Dairy Burger even the beach disco <laughs> yeah um, who knows watch this face in 2021 and uh, as ever we do love hearing from you we've had some great responses over the over the last the last week and we or last two weeks again time has no meaning in 20 20- 
so we've we've loved hearing from you on instagram where we've had some great responses and uh yes we've we have heard about um listener amy clark and i had to remind yourself that every time we said i hate amy we were referring not to her but to amy sutton who is the actual worst so just bear in mind if you have the same name <laughs> of, of a character that we scream at repeatedly don't take <laughs> we were also told uh by a listener i think it was i'm looking back through the responses i think it was by tracy it was it was by tracy tights that pineapple in philadelphia is an actual thing in a like in a tub the way you might buy philadelphia with garlic and herbs oh god it's shocking actual pineapple philadelphia i just can't get my head around oh, it. <laughs> it is I'm, I, I actually feel physically sick looking at it so, um, so yes, that's uh, that's that's another thing that we've learned. And if you want to illuminate us on any other aspects of American culture, you know where we are. You can follow us on Twitter at SVH Podcast. You can send us an email at svhpodcast at gmail.com. And we are proud members of the Headstuff Podcast Network. And you can follow the network at hspodnetwork and at this headstuff. And as mentioned, there is our new Instagram account. Um, so that is at svhpodcast too. So, so we will mm. see you there. And uh, we will see you in two weeks when we find out what happens. Well, <gasps> will we or will that be later? Oh, because I think in two weeks time, it's going to be awfully close yeah, to Christmas. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know what happens at Christmas time <laughs> on this podcast. We have a uh, <laughs> few surprises for you. And that surprise is going to be a special. Chris- it's not even a Christmas book, but it will be a very special book. Now, that's true. We'll, we'll break out oh, the jingle bells again. Yes. So there'll be some Christmas-ness. But uh, yeah, and, uh, and, a, and a, a little deviation from the uh, yes. main series. And yeah. now we, we're not going to say what it is. We are hoping it will be a certain book, but the vagaries of the postal system at this time of year may prevent it arriving. But whatever it is, <laughs> it will be a doozy. So um, we hopefully you won't be disappointed. And Wes, we will hear, we will talk to you then. We find out what happens somewhere to someone (laughs) (laughs) there'll be people (laughs) there'll be outfits and um yeah we'll we'll keep you in suspense you'll have to wait for two weeks to see what pops up in your in your podcast feed so we'll see you then everybody yeah yeah (laughs) in two weeks time it's gonna be good thanks for listening This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Experience the difference at Woodhouse Buick GMC. From the GMC Acadia to the Buick Encore, we're sure to have a vehicle that fits your lifestyle. Our climate-controlled showroom guarantees a comfortable shopping experience every time you visit. Plus, our commitment to our customers continues well beyond the date of purchase. You will leave our lot feeling comfortable and confident in your new vehicle. Start your car buying journey today, in-store or online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com. We are professional grade.